Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Far Above Rubies. My name is Erin Holmes, and I'm the pastor's wife at Journey Church in Henderson, Nevada. Through Far Above Rubies, we dig deeper into the Word of God, not only to find out more about who He is, but also about who we are in Him. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and invite your friends to do the same. Now, a short word about our sponsor. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Far Above Rubies today. As we continue our walk through this topical study on prayer, the Word, belonging to the body of Christ, and servant leadership, we are focused again today on prayer. We're going to be for just a couple of more days. Thank you for digging deep on this topic with us. It is a lifeline to the Christian walk, okay? It is vitally important to the Christian walk. Today we're answering the question again, how? another how of prayer. How do we pray? What is another way in which we pray or that we use prayer in communication with the Lord? And today's answer is intercession. Intercession. We're going to talk about what that means in a moment. Your reading challenge for today is both Esther chapter 4 and Esther chapter 8. We're going to read Esther chapter 8 and verse 8 together for just a moment. We're reading the first half of it, okay? It says, Then Esther went again before the king, falling down at his feet and begging him with tears to stop the evil, to stop the evil. Intercession is just a big word that Christians use that simply put means bridging the gap between heaven and earth for another person's need. It means praying passionately on behalf of another person. That's all it means. There is no um, spookiness to intercession. There is no holier than thou to intercession anyone can intercede on behalf of another person. If there were an argument going on between two people and you stepped in the middle and acted as a mediator, that would be you interceding. And so spiritually speaking, what that looks like is there's a disconnect, okay? There's a disconnect between this person's need and the Lord. Whether that person that you love or know in any way simply cannot for themselves reach out to the Lord. Maybe they don't have an understanding of how to reach out to the Lord. Maybe they have no relationship whatsoever with the Lord and you are bridging that gap. You are grabbing hold of their need and you are grabbing hold of the Lord and you are allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through you, okay? You're a conduit for the Spirit of God to flow into that person's life. Again, whether They are simply so low in their circumstance, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, if they need healing. Spiritually, they may be far from God. Whatever the case may be, you are acting as a conduit in prayer, bridging the gap between heaven and earth. Okay? Very, very simple. There are three really amazing examples of what intercession looks like in the scripture that come to mind for me whenever I think about it, but there are other examples of it, okay? Mark chapter 7, the Syrophoenician woman intercedes for her daughter's healing with Jesus. 1 Samuel chapter 25, a wonderful story, especially if you have a spouse that does not serve the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 25, Abigail intercedes to David for her unbelieving husband, okay? Esther, again, 
this is where we're focused at today. Chapters 4 and 8 give the meat of the story, but the whole book is very short, uh, the book of Esther. And if you have some time to dig into the whole thing, definitely do that, okay? She intercedes with the king for the salvation of the Jews, all right? There was a hit put out on the Jews, and the Queen Esther is sent by God to stand in the gap, to intercede on behalf of the Jewish people, all right? There was tremendous and urgent need in all three of these situations. The Syrophoenician woman pleads with Jesus for her daughter's healing, and she won't be turned away. There was a moment where Jesus says, no, no, I'm not here for you yet. I will come for the Gentiles eventually is what he's meaning. But right now I'm here only for the Jews. And she will not take no for an answer. She pleads with him, no, Lord, I will take even the scraps from your table. I know that even just a little bit from you will be enough for my daughter. I know you are able. And I'm basically, she said, I'm not leaving until you touch my daughter. Abigail pleading with David not to kill her unbelieving husband who had insulted David and his men who had been very good to them. She went out and she pled on his behalf. She went and met David ahead of time before he got to her home when she caught word of what was happening. And she said, please have mercy. Please take mercy. Take a beat. Give grace in this situation. And because of Abigail's willingness to intercede, because of Abigail's willingness to plead for her husband's life, David spared them, okay? And lastly, Esther plead, pled for salvation for the Jewish people. She was hesitant. Mordecai said, you have been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. What if it's right now what if this is your moment and she found that courage and that strength to say yes i was meant to do this i was meant to intercede i was meant to bridge the gap between the king and my people between the king and the ones i love and she made a way through her intercession she had found favor with the king because of her intercession we can plead with the lord for healing sometimes a sickness comes to us because the Lord has meant it to come to us. But we see all throughout the scripture that the Lord changes his mind. The Lord pulls his hand back off of something at the plea of his people, at the desperate cry, the heartfelt cry of someone he loves dearly can change his heart. We can plead with the Lord to turn his wrath away from an unsaved loved one. That sounds like doesn't God just want to give grace and mercy? Doesn't God just want to lavish another opportunity upon someone who's not saved? The scripture tells us that he's not willing for anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell, but they do have to choose him. They do have to choose life. They do have to choose for themselves to walk through the plan of salvation. But we as their loved one can pray for them. We can say, Lord, I know they are doing things that hurt your heart right now, but don't let the consequences come to them, Lord. Keep your wrath away from my loved one, God. I know that they're railing against you and that angers your heart, but God, I'm praying a covering over them. I'm praying grace over them, God. I'm praying mercy over them. I'm standing in the gap, Lord, for my loved one, and I'm reaching to your heart and saying, just a little longer, God. Hang on just a little longer. And you can plead with the Lord for salvation of your loved ones.
It's interesting to me in the story of Esther that the king was not uh, in, a, in a mind to just say, okay, I'll just abolish the ruling that I made before that said, yes, you could freely hunt Jews. He said, I can't do that. He, he could not reverse what was in place, okay? But what he did do was make a way of escape. What the king did, go read, go read Esther chapter 8, okay? What he did do was make a way of escape. He made a way for them to fight back. He made a way for them to live, all right? And it's a great type and shadow, a great parallel, a great example of what salvation looks like today. Jesus isn't just going to reach down and save someone who doesn't want to be saved. He's not going to force salvation on your loved one. He is a gentleman and he doesn't work that way. We have free will, we have to choose. But he can send opportunity after opportunity, after opportunity, grace, after grace, after grace, after grace, because there's an Esther standing in the gap saying, God, I need your favor. I need you to shed your favor on my loved ones. I need you to extend grace. I need you to send opportunity. I need you to send ministering angels. I need you to draw their heart, God. I need you to create day after day the opportunity for them to know you and love you until they choose you, Lord. We can plead, we can intercede on behalf of our loved ones for salvation. This is a very simplistic look at what intercession means and I hope that if you have questions you'll comment below and we can discuss them together i hope that you'll dig into the passages mentioned today esther chapter 4 and chapter 8 are your reading challenge if you have additional time read the whole book of esther the other passages mentioned today were mark 7 and first samuel chapter 25 these are all terrific examples of what intercession can look like and does look like and can look like in your life you are perfectly capable. There's no special magic formula to praying in intercession. It is simply saying, Lord, they need you. They cannot, won't, or don't know how to reach to you, God, or they need help reaching to you, God. And so I'm going to reach to you, to your heart for them. I'm bringing their need to you. Okay? That's what intercession looks like. If no one has told you lately, you are loved and you are cherished and you are valuable. You have tremendous and beautiful worth, my sweet friend, and that worth is far above rubies. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you're inviting your friends to come and join us in this group as we dig deep into this, these topics this month. God bless you and I will see you again very soon.